0: Thank you for listening to the Ridge Podcast. Today's message is by senior pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Ridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. You may be seated. Open your Bibles with me as you are being seated to Matthew chapter 6. Dr. Les Parrott, a Christian clinical psychologist, said, We all have a longing for belonging. We want community and fellowship with others. We need community and fellowship with others. Though disappointment in our relationships can uh, cause us at times to question our desire, our need for relationships, we want to know and be known. We want to love and be loved. We enjoy community and fellowship with others as we put God's truth into practice in our relationships. We're continuing in our series on relationships titled The Blessed Mess. We are looking at Uh, God's ingredients for us to have thriving relationships. That's God's desire for us. And so he's sharing ingredients that we need in our lives and relationships so that they can thrive. The first ingredient is identity. God wants us to get our identity vertically in Jesus. We are who God says we are in Jesus. The second ingredient is purpose. Purpose is why we do what we do in our relationships. The purpose of our relationships is to glorify God in our relationships. We glorify God in our relationships as we help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. The third ingredient is power. Uh, Power is how we do what we do in our relationships. Jesus told us that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Jesus, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live and love God's way. As we shared last week, we access God's power for our lives and relationships through obedience. As we obey God, he gives us his power to fulfill his purposes in our relationships the fourth ingredient that we're going to focus on this morning in our time together is prayer prayer uh, is a must for us and our relationships thriving relationships are filled with prayer jesus taught us about the importance the necessity the power of prayer throughout his earthly ministry But Jesus didn't just teach us about prayer, Jesus prayed. Jesus made it a point to get alone with God, his Father, in prayer. And his disciples knew this, they saw this, which is one of the reasons why his disciples asked him, teach us to pray. And Jesus answered their question here in Matthew chapter 6. He's going to teach us to pray this morning in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus called his disciples to follow him, and he would make them fishers of people. And Jesus then taught his disciples what it looks like and what it means to follow him in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus called and commissioned his disciples, including us, in Matthew uh, chapter 3 and 4. And then in Matthews chapter 5 through 7, his Sermon on the Mount, he teaches them and us what it means to follow him, what it means to to be a follower of Jesus. And so we're going to look at uh, four ways Jesus taught us to pray. Four ways Jesus taught us to pray for ourselves and others. And so we see them right here in this passage. I want to encourage you this morning uh, not to tune out. uh, As you think about prayers, you hear the focus, the point uh, that we're going to talk about is prayer this morning. At times, we just kind of pull back and say, oh my goodness, not another sermon about prayer. I know all about prayer. And the truth of the matter is we may have heard about prayer. We may have been taught often about prayer, but prayer is one of the things we do the least in our relationships. And so it's one of the things that we need to focus on the most. We're going to have thriving relationships. And so Jesus here shares four ways for us to pray for ourselves and for others. The first way is we pray daily. Jesus uh, is speaking and Matthew is recording his words beginning in Matthew 6, verse 5. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Jesus said, whenever you pray, not if you pray whenever is in the present tense which means pray daily now today all day throughout the day the quality of our relationships is directly tied to the communication in our relationships if we don't talk with one another we're gonna not gonna have much of a relationship with one another you know this as well as i do we don't talk with one another we're not going to have much of a relationship with one another and the same is true in our relationship with God like Jesus we need to make time to get along with God our father in prayer each day throughout the day prayer is actually a daily ongoing continual conversation with God prayer is talking with God for ourselves for one another, and for others. Prayer is talking for ourselves, the needs that we have. And it's a privilege for us to pray for the needs of others. And so we know prayer is also listening to God and watching for God to answer our prayers. By His Spirit in us, through prayer, His Word, Our circumstances and our relationships with one another as the psalmist said in psalm chapter 5 in the morning lord you hear my voice in the morning i plead my case to you and watch expectantly so prayer is a continual conversation with god we're talking with god for ourselves for others Uh, for one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and for all those in our relationships. We're listening to God and watching for God to answer our prayers. And so we also know prayer is rejoicing in God's answers to our prayers. Often times, I think we as Christ followers are maybe a little bit better in general at praying and not praising. Praying Not praising. And so I want us to apply this particular aspect of prayer this morning. uh, And I want to do so by just sharing with you about one of our church family members, Shane Certain is one of our church family members. Many of you uh, know Shane Certain. Shane is the son of Bill and Amy Certain, uh, active longtime members of our church. Bill's one of our deacons, and Amy's one of our super servants, and Shane uh, is in our young singles ministry. And we've been praying a lot for Shane. You know about Shane, and to know Shane is to love Shane, we've been praying a lot for Shane. Three years ago, uh, we prayed Shane through a kidney transplant. Uh, Shane, why don't you make your way up here uh, while I'm sharing a little bit? Just make your way up here with me. Uh, We prayed for Shane through his kidney transplant plant, yeah, uh, three years ago. And uh, and then back in May of this year, Shane uh, got the news that he had been diagnosed with two forms of lymphoma. And so uh, we continued in prayer for Shane. and uh, And what that ultimately meant for Shane was uh, he would go through uh, four rounds of treatment, Uh, that treatment would cover four weeks, he would spend uh, the Wednesday in each of those weeks in the hospital receiving uh, his treatment, and he would literally be there the entire day. Uh, That uh, treatment, once the four rounds stopped, those four weeks, that then led to the next phase, which uh, Shane then spent six weeks in God's waiting room waiting uh, for uh, the uh, uh, medication to take effect, waiting to be able to take the PET scan. Once those uh, weeks had passed, then it led to the PET scan, uh, and then obviously the results of the PET scan. And so uh, Shane uh, had the PET scan this past Wednesday and he got the results uh, from the PET scan uh, on Thursday, the next day, and so I wanted, Shane, if you would, would you tell your church family the results of the PET scan? I'm cancer free. (laughs) Look Look at your church family, man. There you go. That's a go, God, go. Go, God, go. Go, God, go. Go, God, go. Thank you. May be seated. I want you to notice Shane's got a shirt that says, God, do what you got to do. The background was, that's his prayer as he was entering that tube to have that PET scan. He prayed, God, do what you got to do. And God did what God does. And so prayer is rejoicing in God's answers to our prayers. Sometimes God's answers are yes. Sometimes God's answers are no. Sometimes God's answers are wait and grow. What we know is all of God's answers are best. Are they always easy to understand? No. Are they always easy to accept? No. But we know they're always best. And so I want to just pray real quick right now. Father God, I just pray right now. And we give you praise, honor, and glory for Shane and the testimony. Yeah. Father God, that you healed him, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for the glory of your name. And so, Father, I pray that you would continue to use Shane. God, I pray that you would continue to allow him to share your message, your truth, the good news of the gospel. Well, all those you place around him. Father God, he is a light for you. And I pray that you would continue to bless, guide, and direct his steps so he may bring honor and glory to Jesus. God, we pray for all of those in our church family who have needs. God, we pray for all of those who are going through very challenging times. God, we pray for those who are going through times that Shane is in the midst of, Father God, that, that those that in our church family that are going through illnesses and sickness and treatments and chemotherapies and all kinds of other therapies. God, we pray that you would bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. God, we pray ultimately that you'd heal them in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray whether your answer is yes, no, or wait and grow, God, that you'll give us the strength and the courage to accept and to trust your answer. God, would you remind us that all things work together for the good of those who love you, who are called according to your purpose? And Father, we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. you. May be seated. Amen. If you have a desire to hear more about his story, all you gotta do is get with Shane, he'll tell you. He'll tell you, he'll tell you. Now what we see as well, I won't wanna miss this before we move on to the next few points. Uh, In verse five, Jesus also warned us not to pray like the Jewish religious leaders. The Jewish religious leaders used public prayer as an opportunity to draw attention to themselves. They used public prayer to try to impress people rather than God. Jesus called them hypocrites. He called them actors. He called them pretenders. And we know and understand that Jesus literally said here in verse 5, they will receive what they desire, which is the applause of people, but they will not receive what they need, which is God's favor. Pray daily. Second, he tells us to pray sincerely. He continues in verse 6. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. So we need to pray sincerely. Jesus here is not telling us we can't pray publicly. He's telling us whether we pray privately or publicly, whether we pray with others or by ourselves, Pray sincerely. He's letting us know motives make a difference in our lives, and certainly motives make a difference in prayer. God sees us and God knows us, so don't pray like He doesn't. We need to pray sincerely because we know that God hears and answers our prayers. And so He wants us, Jesus here is telling us to pray sincerely, pray daily pray sincerely. The third point is to pray specifically. The third way to pray is not just daily and sincerely, but pray specifically. He said in verse 7, when you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. When the Gentiles or the pagans or, or the unbelievers prayed to their gods, they would continually repeat the same words over and over and over and over Hoping and thinking and believing that one of their gods would hear and answer their prayer, which never happened. And Jesus here is saying, when you pray, don't babble on and on and on like them. Pray daily, sincerely, but pray specifically for yourselves, pray specifically for one another, pray specifically for all those in your relationships. Pray specifically with one another. He wants us to understand God is the one true almighty God. He knows, he sees, and he hears. And he responds. And so we need to pray specifically. Now, Jesus is not saying we cannot pray often for the same person or the same request. We can Paul told us, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, always keep on praying for all the saints, intercede for the saints, and endure and persevere in your intercession. We're to pray without ceasing. So we know it's okay for us to pray often for the same person or the same request for that person, but we want to continually pray sincerely and specifically, knowing and understanding that God hears us he'll answer our prayers. And then the fourth way to pray is to pray confidently. He continues in verse eight, don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Listen, God knows our needs. God knows us. And God knows the needs of all those in our relationships. God knows us. God knows all our needs. And God knows all the needs of those in our relationships. Therefore, we can pray with confidence to God to meet all of our needs and all of the needs of those in our relationships. We can pray with confidence. As John told us in 1 John chapter 5, therefore, this is the confidence we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. What that means is... God hears and answers our prayers when we pray according to his will for our lives and for our relationships. And so all of our prayers are to be prayed according to God's will. Jesus set the example for us. Not my will be done, Father, but thy will be done. And so we know that we can pray confidently knowing that God will meet those needs, as we pray according to his will. And we can do that because we know his will is best. Now, quick reminder, Satan does not want us to pray. I know that's not a news flash to anyone here. Satan does not want us to pray. But here's what he does. He will do whatever he can to distract us from prayer or to discourage us in prayer. He'll do whatever he can. To distract us from prayer, to get us busy. Or to discourage us in prayer, get us burdened. Doesn't care which. But he will do all that he can. Why? Because he is helpless against us when we pray. We need, like Jesus, to make time to pray throughout the day. Praying for ourselves, praying for one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and praying for all those that we have relationships with in our day-to-day lives. Jesus said, pray daily, pray sincerely, pray specifically, pray confident for yourselves, for one another, and for all those in your relationships. Jesus then also continued here in this passage, and he taught his disciples and us how to pray. So he said, these are the ways you need to pray. And then he shared with us how to pray. And this is a beautiful passage, and we see his teaching here about prayer as we continue in verse 9. We continue Matthew recording the words of Jesus. Jesus said, therefore you should pray like this, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We need to pray these requests. Jesus actually shared some requests for us to pray daily, sincerely, specifically, and confidently. He shared some requests. If you've ever been in a situation where you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I don't even know how to pray for this person. I don't know what to pray for this person. Jesus gave us some answers right here. We need to pray these requests for ourselves. We also need to pray these requests for one another, and we need to pray these requests with one another. So for the purpose of our time now left in this study of of this passage, what I want us to focus on for this morning is I want us to focus on praying these requests for one another and with one another. Why? Because in just a little bit, we're going to have an opportunity to walk in the Word. That means we're going to have an opportunity to pray for one another, and we're going to have an opportunity to pray with one another. Now, hear me well, we need to pray these requests for ourselves. I'm making that clear. We know this. We understand this. We'll see this as we make our way through. But we're going to apply these truths, and we're going to focus on praying these requests for one another, and with one another. The first request that he shares with us is pray for God's position. He said to us here in verse 9. This therefore this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Pray for God's position. The first thing we pray and the first thing we do when we pray is we what? Look up to God. The first thing we do when we pray is we look up to God and that's exactly where we need to look. We pray for God's position. God's position involves authority and priority. God's position, when we're praying for God's position, it involves authority and priority. God is the authority in our lives. He's in charge, not us. God is the priority of our lives. He leads, we follow. Therefore, we pray for God's position for our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We pray that our brothers and sisters in Jesus embrace God's position. That means we pray for our brothers and sisters to acknowledge God is in charge of them so they will follow after him. So we're praying for God's position for our brothers and sisters in Christ. they would acknowledge God as in charge and they would follow after him. We pray for God to save those we know who don't have a relationship with him yet so that they can call God their father in heaven and so they can embrace God's position in their life. The only way we can call God our father in heaven is through faith in his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, Jesus literally opened the way for us to pray. Through his perfect life, death, burial, and resurrection, the blood Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary provides us with forgiveness of sins, and we are welcomed into God's family by his grace through our faith in Jesus, which allows us the privilege and the opportunity to pray, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. And so when we look at our relationships, we all have relationships within God's family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to pray God's position for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that they would acknowledge God as their authority and they would follow him as their priority day by day, step by step, moment by moment. But we also have relationships with those who do not yet have that relationship with God by his grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. So we pray for God to save them by his grace so that they are able then to call God their father in heaven and they're able to embrace God's position for them in their life. And now as we continue moving forward, that is the first prayer, that is the first step with those who we know that don't have a relationship with God. As we move now forward, we're going to be focusing on praying for those we know who are brothers and sisters in Christ, especially what we're looking at now is we're praying for one another. We're looking to pray for one another and with one another, even this morning, in these requests. God's position. Second, pray for God's perspective. Pray for God's perspective. Jesus taught us, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is at work in each of us, and he is making us more like Jesus. He's transforming us in the likeness of his son. He is maturing us in our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So we want God's kingdom to come, not ours. God's kingdom is where he rules and reigns in power with authority. God's kingdom, Basileia. God's kingdom is where he reigns and rules in power with authority. God's present kingdom, listen, is in us. God reigns and rules in power with authority in our lives today, every day, moment by moment, as his kids. God's future kingdom is in heaven where God reigns and rules in power with authority for eternity. And so we pray for God's perspective. What does that mean? It means we're praying for God's kingdom to come, not ours, God's rule in our lives, not mine. I don't want to lead my life. I'm a wreck. I want God to lead my life. I want his rule, not my rule. I want him on the throne of my life. I don't want to be on the throne of my life. And I know you would agree. And then we pray for God's will to be done, not ours. God's will is what He wants for us, in us, and through us. And God knows what's best for us because He's God, and He knows us best, and He loves us most. I like what one pastor said God's will is exactly what we would ask for if we knew all the facts. And by faith, we trust that He does. And so we pray, his kingdom come, your rule, God, and your will be done. Your desires, God, not mine. God, I don't want my desires. I don't want things to work out the way I want them to work out. God, I may have an idea as to how I want this situation to go. God, I may have an idea as to how I want this prayer answered. But God, I understand and just submit to to you, God, that you know better than I do. And so if a no is better than a yes, then God, please excuse my yes and give me your no. I'd rather have your no than my yes. We want to see life from God's perspective. So we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ to see themselves, others, and their relationships based on God's perspective, not theirs. God's position. God's perspective. God's perspective is always right, and it's always best for all our relationships. Third, we pray for God's provision. Jesus continues here, and he says, give us today our daily bread. What is he telling us here? He's reminding us of that first point we talked about. Pray what? Daily. Give us today our daily bread. So what is he telling us? He's telling us, back to verse 5, I want you to pray daily. And then he's, ta- he's telling us to pray for his provision. Give us today our daily bread. So God wants you and me to pray for our brothers and sisters in Jesus, and we're to pray specifically and sincerely for God daily, for God to meet all their needs. Emotional, financial, physical, relational, spiritual, all their needs whatever my brother's need is god would you meet it in the name of jesus whatever my sister's need is god would you meet it in the name of jesus if it's physical god would you heal them if it's emotional god would you speak to them if it's financial god would you bless them and provide for them if it's spiritual god will you answer their prayer will you give them that wisdom that they need if it's relational god will you continue to work in their relationships helping them to fulfill your purpose for them we're asking our father in heaven On behalf of our brothers and sisters in Jesus, we're interceding for them. We're going to him on their behalf, and we're asking God to provide for all the needs that we have for one another. And we know that God has already told us in his word that he will meet all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So we know as we pray, we can pray confidently knowing that God hears and answers our prayers because we know praying for God's provision is according to God's will because he tells us to pray. Give us today our daily bread. Then he continues and he lets us know that we need to pray for God's pardon. Pray for God's pardon. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Jesus to seek forgiveness and show forgiveness. To seek forgiveness and to show forgiveness. We forgive because we've been forgiven by God in Jesus. Amen? We forgive because we want to continue to be forgiven by God in Jesus. Because Jesus taught us, if we don't forgive others the sins they commit against us, then God's not gonna forgive us our daily sins. So forgiveness is a must for all of us in our relationships. Think of it this way, sin is poison to us. Forgiveness is God's antidote for us. Sin is poison to us. Forgiveness is God's antidote for us. And so we understand and know That John told us if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is a forgiving God, amen? What a great truth. God is a forgiving God. God is a forgiving God. God knows us. This blows my mind. He knows us. He knows every single thought and motive in our hearts and our minds. And he loves us and he forgives us. He's a forgiving God, and he wants us to follow his lead. Thriving relationships are driven in part by forgiveness. He wants us to follow his lead. Is it easy to forgive? No, not all the time. Sometimes, quite honestly, it's the last thing we want to do. Is it important to forgive? Is it a must to forgive? Yes, it is. Yes, it's vitally important for us to forgive. And so we see, and know we're praying for God's pardon for our brothers and sisters. See, because forgiveness brings God's blessings, brings God's peace, it brings God's restoration, it brings God's healing and health to us and to all our relationships. So we pray for God's pardon. The fifth way we pray is we pray for God's protection. He continues, Jesus teaches us, and do not bring us into temptation. We're to pray, do not bring us into temptation. Now, we need to make it clear. James made this clear. to us. God doesn't tempt us to sin. We do a great job on our own giving in to sin. We're good at that. Really good at that. We wander away from God into sin and disobedience. We are prone to turn away from God, even as followers of Jesus Christ, into sin and disobedience. We know this. God doesn't tempt us or anyone to sin. God tests us, our enemy tempts us, and we are prone to give in to those temptations and give in to sin and disobedience. God is at work in us, Satan is at work on us. We know spiritual warfare is real. We know there's that spiritual tug of war going on inside of us that rages inside of us between God's spirit and our flesh. And we know we live in a fallen, sinful world that is in rebellion against God and in opposition to God. And so we understand and we know how vitally important it is for us to pray for God's protection. God, protect us from sin and temptation. Peter reminded us to be alert and sober-minded because our adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. And so we need to be on our knees in prayer. We need to pray for God and for his protection against sin and temptation for us and for one another. We need to be praying that daily, sincerely, specifically, confidently, that God would protect us from sin and temptation, that God would allow us to take his escape route out of every temptation that comes our way. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Jesus to be protected by God from anger and bitterness and jealousy and resentment selfishness, unforgiveness, and any other sin that hurts them and that hurts their relationships. And so we need to pray for God's protection. And the sixth way we need to pray is we need to pray for God's power. He continues and says, and teaches us to pray, he says, and deliver us from the evil one. We need to pray for God's power to deliver us from the evil one, to allow us to stand firm in our faith in Jesus, to resist our enemy and his temptations. We know that we are strong in the Lord and in his vast strength, not ours. If we try to stand firm against temptation and sin in our strength, we're gonna fall every time. We're strong in the Lord and in his vast strength. That's why God has given us the full armor to put on so that we can take our stand against the devil's scheme. And we've already shared last Sunday, we'll continue to reinforce it this morning, that we access God's power for our lives and relationships through obedience. And so here's what we pray. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Jesus to walk in obedience to God so that they can walk in his power, in his wisdom, in his victory that is theirs in Christ Jesus. As the psalmist said in Psalm 138, verse 3, on the day I called, you answered me, God, and you increased strength within me. Someone said, On the day I called, on the day I prayed, God, at that very moment, you answered me, God, and you increased strength within me. God hears and answers our prayers as we pray according to his will for us. And this is God's will for us that we pray these requests. Because Jesus has taught us this, not just for ourselves, but for one another, and that we pray these requests with one another. Listen, there are very few things that are more powerful in our relationships with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ than prayer. Very few things that are more powerful, very few things that are more encouraging, very few things that bless us more than when we get with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and we pray. And we pray these requests. And we pray daily and we pray sincerely and we pray specifically and we pray confidently because there are times when we need to pray confidently for one another because we may not be feeling very confident in and of ourselves. And it's that confidence of a brother or sister in Christ that helps us, that lifts us up. The reason we pray, real quick, the reason we pray is Jesus told us to pray. The reason we pray is Jesus told us to pray. The reason Jesus told us to pray is prayer works. Prayer works. So we need to pray with one another and we need to pray for one another. Our application is real simple today. It's pray. Pray. One word, pray. Pray with one another, pray for one another. Prayer helps us and others look to God. Prayer helps us and others depend on God. Prayer helps us and others to walk in obedience to God. Prayer helps us and others to rely on God. Prayer helps us and others to trust God. Prayer helps us and others to resist sin. Prayer helps us and others to stand firm in our faith in Jesus. Prayer helps us and others to take God's escape route out of every temptation we face. Prayer helps us and others walk in obedience to the truth of God's Word. We know that God hears and answers our prayers according to his will for us, which is best for us. And what happens when we pray is God begins to work in us as we pray. I don't know if you've noticed this. I certainly have in my own life. God changes our minds as we pray. God directs our steps as we pray. God heals our hurts as we pray. God opens our eyes as we pray. God softens our hearts as we pray. God sweetens our words as we pray. God answers our prayers as we pray. God blesses our relationships as we pray. You know, one of the most challenging things for us to deal with is relationships. Relationships. One of the greatest things in life is people. One of the most difficult things in life is people. And I'm sure you've seen this like I have. It is impossible to stay angry, disconnected, or upset with people when you're praying for that person. I'm telling you, it's impossible over time to stay angry, disconnected, or upset with someone if you are praying daily, sincerely, specifically, and confidently for that someone. Here's the problem. When we're angry, disconnected, and upset with others, the last thing we want to do is pray for others. We end up spending our time being angry, with others, becoming bitter with others, resenting others, harboring unforgiveness toward others who, yes, without question have hurt us and in many cases hurt us deeply and in some cases have hurt us for life and what they've said or done to us. And yet we understand and know our Father in heaven loves us. He forgives us and he longs and desires for us to forgive others. Forgiveness is for us, not for others. It frees us from the chains and the hurt and the pain of the past so we can live for the Lord in the present. And so it's our privilege to pray for one another. Prayer changes us, prayer changes one another, prayer changes our relationships. I tell you, it is a blast to pray and to wait and watch God work. It is a blast to pray. There are times where we pray for one another and we tell that person, I am praying for you, I'm praying with you, I'm praying for this request, I'm praying for that request because you've asked me to pray, so I'm going to pray, and we're going to pray daily. We're going to pray specifically. We're going to pray sincerely. We're going to pray confidently. But there are other times where we may have an opportunity to pray for others. God may lay someone on our heart, and we're praying for others, and they may not realize we're praying for them. That's okay. God knows. He's the one who's calling us to pray for them, and it is a blast to sit back and to watch God work. And to see God change others and change our relationships. But most importantly, he changes us as we pray for and with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and with all those in our relationships as we have opportunity as they allow us to pray with and for them. It's a privilege for you and for me to pray to our Father who is in heaven on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. It's a privilege for us to pray to our Father in heaven for ourselves, our needs, but also for one another and one another's needs. And so God is clearly speaking to us through his word, by his spirit this morning, and he's calling us once again to pray. Thriving relationships are filled with prayer. Prayer for one another and prayer with one another. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. We're going to walk in the word as we do each week. The altar is open as it always is as our worship team comes to lead us in this time of invitation, a time of response. I want to challenge you uh, to pray with and to pray for one another. Our prayer partners are gonna be standing here at the front and uh, they would love to pray with you. They would love to pray for you. If you have a need, care, concern, you can come to them. You can share however specific you wanna be with them or maybe you just wanna keep it general, that's okay. We're armed with all kind of truth this morning to pray for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. They would love to pray with you and pray for you. The altar is open as it always is to come and kneel and do business with the Father. You may wanna grab the hand of your spouse, come and pray with them, pray for them, maybe son or daughter. This is an opportunity for us as brothers in Christ, as sisters in Christ, to go to one another and to pray with them, pray for one another. There's no time better than right here today, right now, than to walk in obedience to the word, than to move out and to pray with one another and to pray for one another. As God leads, let's respond to him in obedience to his spirit at work in us. The greatest prayer you can pray, my friend, this morning is a prayer of salvation. So if you are one of those who have yet to receive God's gift of salvation by his grace to your faith in Jesus, then this morning, right here, right now, it's an opportunity for you to pray that prayer of surrender, giving yourself to the Lord. Prayer doesn't save anyone. God saves us, but he calls us to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and to believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead. That's how that salvation occurs in our lives as God works in us, drawing us to himself. And so you can have an opportunity to just cry out to the Father, receive his gift of salvation, to be made new in Christ this morning. And for the very first time, you'll be able to, to pray to your Father in heaven in these ways that we've shared. God's at work. Let's stand. Let's pray. Let's worship the Lord together.